Welcome, beautiful stars. Remember, you're always made of the stardust and love. Today, I would like to first go into this episode by explaining where you can go to um, to ask me questions, to tell me how the podcast is doing. If you like this podcast, let me know. You know, because that 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 powers me to keep going. So my Twitter is Kira the Mythical Catacorn. So if you want to head over there to ask questions, and if you want to email me personally, I will respond to every email I get. I will try my best. Um, my email is all lowercase, care of the mythical catacorn at gmail.com. So please head over there. I want to hear from you guys. I love you guys. Let me know. So today's topic is going to be altar setup. But before we go into that, I would like to answer one of the questions I got on Twitter. So today my question was, um, well, a couple days ago, actually, I haven't had a chance to sit down and respond to this. What do you feel, how do you feel about stem cells and stem cell research? As a pagan, you believe every life is special, every life is perfect, and everything happens for a reason. So for me, I really feel that stem cell research should be allowed. It should be something that we go into with an open mind and an open heart. As you know, as unfortunately, you have to understand that, you know, unfortunate things happen. You know, there are so many things that cause fetuses to pass away. There are so many reasons that cause babies to pass away. But if we can take from our tragedy and move forward to save a life, I mean, isn't that what you'd want? You know what I mean? Wouldn't you want to help someone else through your tragedy? I mean, it's not your responsibility to help others. But at the same time, it's, we're all human beings here. You know, we all need to look out for each other. And if we can help someone else, why shouldn't we? So, today's topic is altar setup. For pagans, altar setup is very, very serious. Um, And it's a very personal ritual. This process could take anywhere from a few days to a few weeks to a few months to a few years. I started my altar when I was in, I was far, far away from here, and I hadn't been with um, R yet, so I'd probably say around a year, five years ago? Yeah, about five years ago. So yeah, I, I know it sounds really exhausting, but it's really not. All it really is, is finding a way to express yourself, express your gods and goddesses through your altar. So for me, I have crystals. On my altar, I have my quartz crystal, beautiful, big, big piece of quartz. And I have um, stones I found in the road and stuff like that, things that just called to me. I found acorns, pine cones, candles, you know. um, I have a pentacle, I have a pedigram there, I have an altar cloth, you know, I have a bunch of stuff there. I haven't, I can't go through all of it. I'll try to put pictures on Twitter probably tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow with any luck. But, um, I can't really go into detail because there's so much, so much stuff there. For me, my life has always been cluttered, you know, and I, I like it. It's fast-paced. It's, it goes quickly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this life is one of the fastest ones I think I've had. So, with me, I like to have my clutter organized, but, like, kind of wild at the same time because that's how my life is. That's how I am. Um, you know, in, in uh, Job Corps, I was nicknamed Wolf. So, I mean, I guess that kind of speaks to you. <laughs> but uh, basically, your altar is where you go for guidance. 
It's where you go to do your workings. It's where you go to, you know, pretty much revitalize your faith. You know, whenever I'm feeling down, what always helps me is going to my altar and meditating. So I just sit there. I take a deep, deep breath and I go ahead and meditate. You know, like I just sit down and I just let my mind go. The most important thing about meditation, I think, and I'll I'll do another topic on this probably tomorrow on meditation. But for now, um, I think it really plays into your altar. Your altar isn't only for, you know, meditation. It's for your craftings. It's where you go to speak to the gods and goddesses. It's where you go to sit down, hold your crystals, and feel at one with yourself again. Because I know in this kind of, in this world, in this fast-paced world nowadays, it's very hard to take time for yourself. It's hard to say, you know what, I need 10 minutes to go to my altar and meditate. I need 10 minutes to go to my altar and talk to the gods and goddesses. I need 10 minutes to go to my altar and, you know, do my crystals. And it's hard like that, you know, because, you know, we're all working hard. We're all doing something, you know, and it's like... You don't know how hard it is for me to get up and find time to do a podcast. Right now it is currently 7, 10 p.m. And I haven't done a podcast in two days because I'm very, very busy. But, you know, I think finding that time for yourself to set up your altar in your own time is so very important. You know, um, you know, it's very important to me to have time to sit by my altar. This is something I created out of love for my gods and goddesses. This is something I created out of respect for my gods and goddesses. And I feel like there's really nothing more powerful than that. You know, like this is something you made. You know, and it's it's important. You know, it really is. This is the place that centers everything. You know, this holds everything that you hold near and dear to your religion is on this altar. You know, you get to wake up in the morning and be near it and see it. You know, you wake up and see the beautiful crystals glistening off of your altar. Or the tablecloth, mine's made of silk, so it shines, and I just sit there looking at it, you know, like... It may seem odd to other people that don't really understand, but let me explain something. For pagans and Wiccans, we believe everything happens for a reason. You know, that butterfly that's flying past you is past you is flying past you not because it ha- it just happened to be there at the same time, but because the gods and goddesses put it there to tell you something. Butterflies signify change, so perhaps there's a change coming in your life. You know, um, <clears throat> the other day, a swan landed across the road, almost got hit by a car, and jumped out of the way just in time. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And what I got from that. You know, the reason the gods and goddesses chose to let me see that that day was because I needed to understand that there was something coming at me that's very, very big. This is something that could change my life forever. But if I allow it to hit me and run over me, of course it's going to change my life. Maybe not for the best, you know? But if I just, if I just fly up and move out of the way, let it roll off my back, I mean, obviously something's going to change. You know, I think it really taught me, that moment, that lesson, taught me that I really need to prioritize. You know, what battle should I fight right now? Should I jump in front of a car and try to fist fight it? Or should I just walk along the street and make sure that I'm not getting hit by a car? You know, like, I don't know. Just with pagans and Wiccans, there's nothing that is just accidental. 
You know, there's nothing that's accidental. Everything happens for a reason. And I think that's very important. As a life lesson is everything, you know, because... Think about it, you know? Out of everyone in this world, out of billions and billions of people, you're the one that saw this thing. Now, you have to think about why you saw that. I think a lot of times we just kind of ignore things around us. And with pagans and Wiccans, we watch our surroundings. We understand that, you know, let's say, let's just say a dragonfly lands and passes away, you know, where it's sitting. And we come outside and we come outside to see that dragonfly sitting there dead. You know, we know it passed peacefully. You know, you understand, like, we know it didn't hurt or feel any pain in those moments, you know? For me, when I see that dragonfly, I think that signifies the death of something that is not needed no more. Not that the dragonfly wasn't needed, obviously, but it's moreover that that dragonfly had a very successful life. You know, it probably had children dragonflies, it was most likely having the best day of its life, it was a warm, beautiful day when it passed, and it finally just let go, you know? And I think for me, that would signify me having to let go of something. I would have to find something that is no longer serving me. You know, like, I have a lot of remorse over things I've done when I was younger. But the thing is, I can't change that, you know? And yes, you're, you're getting all of this from an altar, you know? Like, for me, what I did when the dragonfly passed away, I um, gently took its wings and I buried it. I put its wings in a uh, glass tube and I have them on my altar. And whenever I look at those wings, I remember that, you know, remorse is a good emotion to have, obviously. But if it no longer serves me, it doesn't deserve to be in my life. Just like anger. I, like, I, I let that stuff go long, long ago. You know, like, anger doesn't serve me. It doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't help me. It just weighs me down and hurts me. You know, when I look at those wings on my altar, it reminds me of that. It reminds me to release anything that is no longer serving me in my life. Anything that is weighing me down and making me less strong than I was before. So I think with altar setup, if this is your first altar, take your time. Relax and remember that this is your time. You know, this is your altar. This is something no one could take away from you. I've had the pieces of this altar for over 10 years. No, not 10 years. Probably around 7, 8 years. So just take your time. Be respectful. Be gentle. And as always, remember you're all made of stardust and love. Hi. Hey. Welcome, beautiful stars. Remember, you're all made to start us in love. Today, I will be interviewing a good friend of mine, Dav, a.k.a. Lorik. Introduce yourself. Say hi. Hi, guys. How's it going? So, today, I wanted to ask uh, Lorik a few questions that I have written down because I otherwise will not remember them and then just explode because I spontaneously combust on a daily basis. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, Lord, would you mind uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, my my name's uh, L. Davenport. I go by L. Davenport. My first name is 
It's actually a Lorik or a Leoric. I'm 29. I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I have a military background. I served in the Louisiana Army National Guard. Mm-hmm. I was born into a family of 16 brothers and sisters total, all full-blooded related. Oh, Come wow. from the same parents. Uh, we were raised in a we were raised in a you know blow in a very uh, poverty stricken home, three bedroom. Mm-hmm. My right. mother passed away when I was 11 years old. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD a couple uh, a couple years back while I was in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm 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 um, pursuing uh, some film projects. I've made three films. I mm-hmm. take a very strong interest in filmmaking. And I also have a side interest in spiritualism and right. Okay. So uh, since we're talking about spiritual stuff, what are your thoughts on the pagan religion? I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I I it, I mean I take a very strong interest in it. I'm 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 curious to see how what what exactly are the limits and the rules of it all. Right. I'd call myself more of a casual interest or a mm-hmm. casual fan. Uh, right. I've, done, I've done the spell or two. As you know, I've enlisted your help to do a spell on um, yes. a woman who I had a crush on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also done a spell of a, a curse on someone before, which actually did come true. I mean, you actually, oh. you know, it's all on the internet. Right. Would you uh, explain a little bit about what happened during the curse? Well, um, essentially, he was uh, he had a big head, a guy in the army. He mm-hmm. thought he was the, the the hottest thing in the room. So, I mean, I thought I cut him down a size. So, I wanted to do a spell on him. Mm-hmm. The spell required that I take something that uh, that belonged to him. So, I had to I had to get a I got him went and got a an empty water bottle that he threw in the trash out. And using that, I cast a spell to I cast a spell on him. I'm not gonna say what it okay. is yet. But fast forward to uh, about a couple weeks ago, I was actually looking online, and I ran across uh, I ran across uh, his uh, profile on a criminal record site, and saw mm-hmm. that he had just recently had a, a, an automobile accident. Oh wow. He wasn't, he didn't die, I mean, thankfully. Uh, but uh, he he must have made some cop act uh, pretty angry. I don't know what he did. He must have been, it was DUI along, but they charged him everything. I mean, they threw the whole They're book. They're pretty serious about DUIs nowadays, and I'm glad for it. Yeah, well, they definitely um, let him know that same thing, must have. What's the craziest yeah. part about it, though, that's the actual curse that I put on him was for him to have a car accident. Oh, well, that's interesting. I think there's an interesting point in your story is that basically, you know, people think that you can do a spell and immediately afterwards, everything's going to be fine and it's going to totally work. No, it takes time. You know, it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. And I feel like people who are pagan and stuff, we have a lot of patience because that this stuff takes a lot of patience. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, some, some comes later than others that's that's, I mean that's very true definitely okay what what's the scariest thing you've ever seen you're 
Maker, you're in Baton Rouge. I know you got some stories. Oh man, I, well, it's not so much what I've seen as what I've experienced. Yeah, what's the scariest thing you've ever experienced? I, I've had I've had an experience with EVP, which mm. is electronic voice phenomenon, and mm-hmm. that's and that's the experience of re, of recording um, otherworldly voices or spirits or messages through electronic right. devices. You may hear, you may be driving along a highway, and while you're changing the station on your radio, you may hear a hiss, someone saying, you know, whisper like "get out" or you know, stop or yeah. come to me or something. Well, you may find, right. pick up something on your tape recorder or even on your phone recorder, you know? Yeah. Is, anything electronic, anything electrical, any kind of electronic device. Right. And in my case, uh, this happened um, some years back. Uh, I was about 14. Mm-hmm. This is uh, several years after my mom had passed. Uh, my I'm brother sorry. and I... My brother and I were playing with a tape recorder, one of those mm-hmm. 90s tape recorders with the small little square tapes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I used to have one of those when I was little. Yeah, a lot of these millennials probably don't know what those even look like, so I'm glad you know. Yeah. I was but, like maybe five at the time, at the, at the time, I think. But yeah, I, I know about those. Yeah, just like, uh, just for those who don't know, you can look on it home alone. Look at it, what oh, Macaulay yeah. Culkin had, something like that. But uh, yeah, we were playing with it, making funny voices and everything with it. And then mm-hmm. one day, um, King of the Hill came. Then King of the Hill came on TV, and mm-hmm. my decided to hold the recorder up to the speaker and record. And it, I still, I still remember it was the episode promoting when Bobby Hill falls in love with a doll head. It's a uh, like I distinctly remember. That's how much this this incident stands out in my head. He right. recorded the entire promotional vi- commercial, and afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, when when it, when it was over, he stopped it and played it back. I mean, you know, rewind it, reverse, rewind it, and played it back. But when he played it back, King of the Hill isn't what played. King of the Hill didn't didn't come on. We didn't mm-hmm. hear the the narrator or the voiceover. Instead, I and I, I, I swear I put this on everything I love. We heard the sound of a woman screaming, mm. like scared the, sh- the shit out the bejeebus out of. Out right. Of I mean, and we, neither one of us said it, but we know the main reason why it scared us, which is that it was the voice of our mom. I mean, you, you're gonna know your mom's voice, you know. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I heard, I heard on, I saw one movie. I don't remember where it was, but they say you never forget your mother's voice, and I have. Yeah, there's actually a study on that, um, and I believe it, it was from like Harvard or some, somewhere, something like that. And it was uh, basically founded that a child will never forget its mother's voice. Where, where was that? I think it was like a, a what is it? Um, it was like a scientific study thing. I can't remember where I saw it. Oh, so that's like a scientific fact? Yeah, I believe so. Because I thought I saw a post on that. I mean, I don't know, because my sources, you know, I wake up and look on the news and stuff. But, like, I, I don't really remember specifically where it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I believe it, because I haven't forgotten my mother's voice yet. And yeah. you, know, you I re-recognized it instantly when we heard her, when we heard it on the tape recorder. 
you know, mm-hmm. it was the sound of a, of a woman just screaming in total agony. And we heard like cackling sound in the background. Mm-hmm. We, we got rid of it. We, we, I mean, I mean, on the one hand, you want to keep something like that. On the other hand, you don't want actual recording of your own mother's uh, burning in hell. So yeah, we recorded it in the same room. We, we, we caught this, this sound in the same room that she actually passed away in, in almost the exact same spot. Oh, wow. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'm sorry your first experience was a bad one. But uh, have you had any other paranormal experiences in your life? I've, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's definitely one that stands out. Right. Well, um, let's see. What's your most exciting story? Well, I had a lot of fun in the military. I have a, I mean, I, I, we, you know, it was fun training and, you know, operating with the Humvees, operating the mm-hmm. 240s, the B-20s, the right. I mean, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of adrenaline type shit. Yeah, definitely. I hear next year you will be doing yet another movie. Can you elaborate a little bit on the movie? I will. It's a a psychological, supernatural, noir thriller. It's it's called The Onigation. Onigation is actually a word that I made up. It's Mm -hmm. it's a a portmanteau of Oni and Gaijin, two Japanese words. Oni means demon, and Gaijin, G-A-I-J-I-N, means stranger. It's about a woman who suffers from sleep paralysis, and she starts experiencing a very strange phenomenon. I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, don't. It, leaves the, it leaves her, you know, the scared, I mean, the bejeebus scared out of her. So she enlisted another woman who's a paranormal investigator to Mm -hmm. investigate the house and find out what is being going on, what's haunting her house. Right. And so so the the young, the woman who's actually experiencing phenomenon, she says she leaves the house because she's too scared to live there. And she goes searching around the city in her her van trying to track out, find out if if it's all in her head or not. And so these two women basically find themselves in a game of cat and a mouse to find mm. out whether it's supernatural or whether it's all in their head. And it has a very, um, it's a very um, creative little twist returns and revelations. I think right. people are going to like it when they watch it. So what pushed you to create this film? I was inspired by my own um, sufferings of sleep paralysis. Right. Um, when I was young, I used to get it almost, almost every every night. Right. And um, you have it every night? When I was young, I used to get it almost every night. It oh, was, wow. Yeah, it was it played me that much. And so I, I wanted to do a film about it. And you know, the tricky part was finding a plot with the... With right. The, other films out that deal with sleep paralysis... Mm-hmm. Uh, I've looked them up and I want to do something totally different so yeah 
I think that when people watch it, they're they're gonna find something totally different when they see this. Right, that's perfect. Yeah, because a lot of times there's not really original content out there. I've noticed a lot of people copy other people's ideas, and it's just like, oh, great, the same damn thing every fucking day. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, I, I, I like your mind goes in a different tempo, and I like that because I feel like once this film is complete and once everything's done and once it's out there like everyone's going to realize that genius you know the originality of it well, so well, what are your a dream come true oh yeah definitely so what are your plans for the future well currently i'm collecting uh, funds for the film okay it'll it, it'll be a small budget film but i'm, I'm we're, we're going all the way with it i i have i've been speaking with several people who like this script and people who want to get on board with it so Definitely. right now it's of uh, piling up the money and probably right. next year later next year we'll probably start filming and awesome. we, we intend to submit it to film festivals well, we're not going to submit it at Sundance not because we don't have confidence in it but because mm-hmm. but because we simply we I personally don't think that Sundance is what it used to be definitely uh, not these days, I mean, unless you have a big budget name in it, and this isn't just me saying it, I've actually looked this up. You know, unless mm-hmm. you have a name or you have a connection, your chances of getting in really are unrealistic. And, right. you know, you know, so, I know well, some people say that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, you ought to take the plunge anyway, but when you're spending money, you know, it actually needs to consideration. So, it will be going to film festivals. We will be submitting to film festivals. Okay. Uh, no doubt it's gonna get in some. We don't know which ones yet, but it's gonna get Definitely. in some. People are gonna like it, and yeah. we can't wait to share it with the world. I'm I'm definitely in love with it. I can't wait to see it. Um. So one last question: If you looked at your child self, what would you tell him? Uh, I'd tell him to run away, get everything he can, and find the nearest find the nearest shelter because. Right. Uh, you it, experienced a lot of child abuse in your life. I yeah. Uh, immediately after my mom passed, uh, I mean things really took a downturn because I was just all I had was um, my dad who uh, had to take care of all you know eight or nine of us that was still at the house and mm-hmm. I mean, he I was definitely a target for him. It definitely and it's part of where my PTSD rooted from is is the abuse. Right. Well, so that run away. Yeah, definitely. Dab, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Everyone's sending on Twitter, Cure the Mythical Catacorn. Let me know your questions for Dav, and we will have him appear again. So, Dav, it was awesome talking to you. Everyone, remember, you're made, you're made of stardust, and you're beautiful, and everyone loves you. You're great. Even if they don't love you, they'll love you eventually. <laughs> and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for having me, Kira. Bye. No problem. Welcome, beautiful stars. I'm your all-made of stardust and love. Just wanted to let you know there are voice messages, so like you can talk and like send me a message with your voice, and it's amazing. So it's like not texting so your grandpa and grandma can appreciate it dang texting and all that anyways silliness aside 
you can send in voice messages. And I would love, absolutely adore actually, to hear your voice messages. So if you're kind enough and if you think you really like this podcast, do not be afraid to go ahead and send me a voice message. I will read it and I will answer it in a episode. So just to let you know, voice messages, do it. It's good for your body and your your face. Yep. So do it. (laughs) Remember, you're all made to start us in love, all right? Hello, beautiful stars. Remember, you're all made of stardust and love. Kira here. I know I haven't spoken in a while, and I apologize deeply for that because you know I love you guys and makes my day being able to speak to you guys. I wanted to talk today about the things that have been happening in my life. Um, first thing that I need to tell you is Athena, my service dog, unfortunately has passed away um, three days ago. We don't know what happened. She got sick and there's nothing we could do. Called every vet in the area that we were in and of course nobody could help us. But aside from the sad news, I feel like Athena's spirit would not want me to be upset about this because I know I'll find her again. And that's the thing I wanted to talk about today, a little bit about after my news. Second piece of news, in a week I am going to be homeless. So you may not hear from me a whole whole lot for a while. Sorry about that. I have to wait two months in order to get into, get back to Chicago. Chi-town, what's up? Here, where are you at? Hello. But, um, I just wanted to ask, and I, I don't, as you know, I've never asked for donations on the channel. I don't like to verbally ask. I like to see if you like the podcast, then go ahead and donate. You know, I want to see you, you know, just if you do it on your own time, that's amazing. But I would never want to ask for donations. But in this situation, unfortunately, and as much as it hurts my heart, so I'm going to ask if uh, you do have anything to spare. If it's 50 cents, if it's 30 cents, I don't care what it is. Then, I mean, please just donate (laughs) if you appreciate the podcast and want to help it keep running. Because, you know, yeah, all that good stuff. Anyways, I wanted to talk about reincarnation. What the pagans, us pagans, think reincarnation entails. So, it isn't going to be a very long episode. It's going to be pretty short. Um, I just wanted to tell you guys I'm not dead yet. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry. Morbid jokes are the best. But that's another thing. You know, pagans, we don't really like... Well, me as a pagan, I don't really think about morbid jokes as a bad thing because we're all gonna like for in, in my eyes we're all gonna come back you know into another life so what's the point of being afraid of death what's the point of being afraid of morbid jokes you know like i just i don't get it but anyways um reincarnation so what happens when a pagan dies anyone i don't see anyone's hands raised dang it all right well first we transition to summer's isle or Summerland, some people call it. Um, basically, this is the place where the gods and goddesses are there waiting. Your family members are there waiting for you to tell you, hey, it's good, everything's cool, you know, you're good. You know, you sit down and you will play through your life with your god and your goddesses. 
And you will play through that life over and over again until you finally understand what, like everything. You need to understand every aspect of that life in order to transition to the new one. May take, you know, an eternity, but at the same time, you know, for Summer's Isle, I imagine it kind of like this. I imagine there's no time in Summer's Isle. I imagine time is non-existent. I imagine they send out you out to your life when you are ready. If it takes years upon years upon years, or eons even, they're going to make you see that life and make you understand that life. I mean, a lot of people think that is too much work, it's tedious. I think it's so important. Like, how could you go... How... You have to understand that life to move forward. You understand? Like, for instance, I'm going... As you know, I'm going through a hard time in my life, you know? But when I go to Summer's Isle, I'm going to replace this until I figure out what I did wrong, if I did anything wrong, if there's anything I could have changed, you know, stuff like that. It's basically, you are learning all about that life before you move on to the next. And the reason for that, I believe, is your soul needs to mature before you go to the next life. In order to do that, it needs to understand its wrongs, its rights, and it's not so much. Much as... Okay. Okay.